Hi, this is Brett, and thanks for joining me today here at the Carpenters Union. You know, in today's politically charged environment and social unrest, memorials and monuments are a center of controversy. And uh, no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. That said, memorials, monuments, what is their importance? Boy, every time I go to Washington, D.C., and I visit the Lincoln Memorial, and I read the words of the Gettysburg Address, I marvel at the simplicity of that speech and the powerful meaning flowing from those words. I am reminded of the immense struggle that our nation faced and yet persevered. And the tomb of the unknown soldier just leaves me in awe. The solemnity of that memorial stirs in me incredible gratitude. I've even visited the D-Day Memorial in Bedford, Virginia. The sculpture of the landing crafts and the images of the soldiers with their grimaced faces advancing through the water and scaling the cliffs. My imagination just takes flight, wondering what it must have been like. I am reminded of the sacrifice, that last full measure that they made for my freedom. Perhaps you've caught my emphasis on the word reminded. Well, in today's study of Joshua chapter 4, we will talk more about the topic of memorials, their purpose, and how they can be leveraged as tools of instruction, instruments that can point to and give glory to an amazing God and Savior. Jesus, I pray that you send us your Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds so that we can understand your word and find application. In your precious name we pray, amen. (laughs) In keeping to this preamble about memorials, I'm reminded of something else. You know, throughout Scripture, God tells his followers many times to build and construct memorials. Mind you, they were never to be carved or sculpted, a created image. No, that was idolatry. But rather, they were to use just simple stones. Stones made into a pile. These memorials were not to be something to gaze upon, but rather something to trigger a conversation. And what, you ask? Well, about something mighty that God did at that location. I'm further reminded of the most sacred memorial given to the follower of Jesus, the practice of taking communion. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26, he says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, and he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, for me as a follower of Jesus, this is the apex memorial established in my life and in my relationship with Jesus. So these things said, God encourages the creation of memorials in our lives. Memorials that point to some awesome, momentous event in our lives. Something monumental that points to his magnificence. And yes, you guessed it. Joshua chapter 4 will unfold to us yet another example and story about the creation of a memorial. So let's get into it. Verse 1, it would read, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe, and tell them, Take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. 
carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each tribe of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you will tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Verse 6, it says a memorial. You know, the human mind can store 2.5 petabytes, which is 2.5 million gigabytes of digital memory. To put this into perspective, Yahoo's 2.0 petabyte computational center, which processes 24 billion events a day, is still 20% smaller than the capacity of a single human brain. But within one week, I have read, humans can forget 90% of all that they have learned, which is why memorials need to be erected in our lives. You know, in preparation for this study, I decided to go and Google the weirdest memorials that are found worldwide. And there are some really funny ones out there. One that resonated with me was one called The Fork. It's in Vevey, Switzerland. It's a eight meter high fork that's just off the shore of Lake Geneva. <laughs> it was meant to be an exhibition for the Nestle Company, which is there in that same town. Nevertheless, it was weird, and I don't really know what it's trying to provide as a memorial. Nevertheless, it made me laugh. You know, it also says here in the scriptures about telling their children. Now, it's interesting. The King James Version says that when the children ask their fathers, now that's interesting to me. In Luke 18, it describes the event where people were bringing their children to Jesus. Now, it's interesting, a lot of the movies, and even if you Google and look at pictures, it's consistently always showing the women bringing their children to see Jesus. But it's interesting to point out that the word they is meant to be neutral. It's a he or she. And I think what's probably lacking a lot in today's society is men, fathers, bringing their kids to the feet of Jesus. Dads need to tell their story. If you don't have one, I encourage you to take the time to create a story, create that testimony, and share it with your kids. You know, let your kids see the results of your actions. For example, maybe your child will say, Dad, when that person yelled at you or mistreated you or betrayed you, why didn't you get angry? Why didn't you retaliate? And your response could be, well, son, well, daughter, let me tell you about the Jordan River that I came to in my life and God miraculously parted it and I went through. Many years ago, a man given to anger and hot-tempered uh, grew very angry with my wife and I over an incident about how our children were getting along. It was so silly. 
Nevertheless, this man was pretty mad. He gives us a call late at night and was uh, you know, raising his voice towards my wife and really kind of shocked us and caught us off guard. Nevertheless, we, we kind of fell back on to what we knew how God would want us to react. And so we waited patiently on him. And, you know, we fell back on some key scriptures. Uh, some favorite scriptures of mine are Psalm 18, 2, where it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, and he's my shield and the horn of my salvation. Other great scriptures that one could fall back on are Psalm 89, 18, Psalm 94, 22, Psalm 7, verse 10. You know, in the end, uh, we waited on the Lord to be our shield and to be our defender, and the Lord stepped up for us. And Ultimately, this man did feel bad for his behavior, and he came around the very next day and was very apologetic. And, uh, of course, we forgave him for his actions. Nevertheless, uh, the events did take place in front of our children, and it was something that I believe resonated with them as well as to how we did not react and respond in anger, how we did not react in retaliation and seeking revenge. We just didn't do that. We let the Lord be our defender. And truly, Christ made a difference in that situation. And honestly, had I faced that kind of event many years ago, uh, I probably would have reacted much more differently. At any rate, Dad, tell your stories. Explain to your kids how Christ made a difference in your life and how he has made you a better man today. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6, verse 4, does say, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How is this accomplished? Family altars? Sure. Family devotions? Absolutely. You know, but a scripture that resonates with me is one that paints a more continual and persistent picture, one that seems more holistic and all-encompassing. And it's Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7. And these words, I command you today, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Brothers and sisters, It's not a perspective of, we got to. Rather, we get to. It's a privilege to be able to talk to our kids and to bring them to the feet of Jesus. We get to tell them how Jesus made all the difference in our lives. And when we do, we will experience that which is written in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And God has given us a method to do this. Memorials. Set them up in your life. Set them up in the lives of your family. Maybe it's through pictures, journals, letters, cards. Best of all, through constant conversation with each other. And never stop pointing to the ultimate memorial, which are the scars that are on Jesus' hands and feet. Charles Spurgeon puts it this way, When we shall have been in heaven for many thousands of years, we shall still have the death of Christ before us. 
we will not forget that he died because there he sits alive with the very marks of his passion, with the nail prints of his crucifixion. In heaven, we shall need some visible token to keep us continually in remembrance. Here, most spiritual saints need the bread and the wine, which are sweet emblems of the Savior's body. But there, we will have no more need of these emblems, for we shall have full sight of him. Adrian Rogers wraps it up with this phrase, the only man-made thing in heaven are the scars of Jesus. And there they are for all eternity and through all the endless ages. Thanks for joining me here today at the Carpenters Union. I truly pray that you are blessed and that today's message is applicable in your life. Until we meet again, I pray that the Lord's face continually shines upon you. Amen.